0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Disability Law Show, welcome to it. Uh, You want to reach out, 1-855-821-5900 and help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll get to some emails here in a bit, but uh, I want to inform you as well of something called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Until we get to it, you might as well just go there now while we chat and check it out. Lots of things for you to explore and learn. It's a really interesting website, really cool tool. We'll get to that in just a bit. But week that was, I know you got a few matters you want to talk about, Savan. what's say you, pal?
2: Hey, John. Great to be here. Another very, very busy week. Uh, yep. let me start off with a, um, a question that was posted to that website, mydisabilityquestions.com. Again, people need to know this is a free website. If you have any questions about your injury claim or your long-term disability claim, I'm answering those questions myself personally within minutes of you posting that question and they're free. So this one comes from a gentleman, sorry, from a lady in, uh, Aurelia. And uh, here's what she writes. Can my long term disability provider force my doctor to change my meds? John, you've done this show just so many times. Yeah, I know. What do you think the answer is? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. How ridiculous Uh, is that for the insurance company to even think that they have a right? Yeah, are you, can you imagine that? I mean, I, I don't blame this lady. You're, clearly, she's asking the question because this is coming up now, uh, and it's it's a, it's of concern to her and probably her doctor. No, unequivocally no. It, this is absolutely improper, and I don't care if the adjuster went to their own doctor and their own doctor says this is what this person needs to be on. You know, get them to change meds. No, no. You if you are on LTD. I don't care if you're an LTD or not. You follow your doctor's advice unless you think your doctor is not a good doctor. But if you have a doctor, I don't care if it's a psychiatrist or a neurologist or a family doctor, chronic pain specialist, whatever doctor that is, that doctor puts you on certain medications for a reason. Unless you have any reason to suspect that there is a problem with those medications, trust your doctor. They have your best interests at heart. Uh, If your adjuster tells you you have to change your meds, Nothing wrong with you going to your own doctor and and saying that this is what the adjuster is saying or this is what the insurance doctor is saying. What what you know? Ask your doctor. What what do you think? If your doctor says okay, well we can try that. Okay, then try that. Sure, absolutely. But if your doctor says absolutely not, the meds I get, I'm, I'm prescribing for you, those are the correct med- medications. Then you follow your doctor's advice. And if the insurance company cuts you off, Ltd because you're not following their advice <laughs> and and inst- instead you're following your own doctor's advice, you let me know immediately because we're going to hit them so hard they're not going to know which way to look. It-, it is completely inappropriate. This is one of those cases, John, that if an insurance company cuts someone off on that basis when the person's own doctor says, no, 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 I'm giving you the required medications and the insurance company, despite that, Insists that the person take different medications and cuts them off. If they don't, this is a case where I would, I would bring a claim for punitive damages against the yeah. insurance company. These are punishment damages that we're seeking from the insurance company. I've seen this happen. It's rare for the insurance company to really cut you off as a result of that. They understand they can get hit, but it's not beneath them to try it. Because at the end of the day, uh, they do have doctors on staff, they have doctors on payroll, and uh, you know, if they see that you're still disabled despite all the treatment your doctor is giving you, you know, they may go to their own doctors and see, well, is there anything else that can be done? That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's probably a good thing that there is another doctor looking at your file and can perhaps suggest other things that can help you, but ultimately... Uh, I think you need to follow your own doctor's advice, and if your insurance company, for whatever reason, tells you, no, this isn't appropriate, we want you to follow our doctor's advice, not yours, you tell them that, that you're not going to do that, and you tell them you're going to follow your doctor's advice, and you confirm that in writing. And if they cut you off, you let me know ASAP. We will help.
1: One eight five five eight two is the number to call and help at disabilityrights.ca. Give me another one. What else you got going on?
2: Here's another question that came from... Uh, uh, a, a lady in um, in British Columbia, because of course okay. we have offices uh, yeah. in Ontario and BC. Here's what she writes: uh, I have Barrett's uh, esophagus. Sorry, I have Barrett's esophagus. Never heard of this before, actually. No. Uh, which means that I choke and vomit almost daily on food. My esophagus ruptured just over a year ago, and I needed emergency surgery and spent two weeks in the ICU uh, with sepsis and and a total month in the hospital. I am seeing a psychologist regularly to deal with my anxiety, panic, and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I've been reluctant to do so up until now, but I plan on filing for long-term disability. I've heard that it can be quite a struggle, though, and I obviously have bad insomnia what should I do? So this is a case where this person hasn't been denied LTD. She's just asking, should I even bother because it's an uphill battle? So I want to go back to basics. If you have LTD coverage, remember LTD, long-term disability, is not workers' compensation. It's not uh, Ontario disability. It's not CPP disability. Long-term disability is through an insurance company Okay, it's if you have coverage through your employer or if you've purchased a policy the way that you purchase automobile insurance. If you have that uh, and you cannot do your own occupation because of your disability, because of your condition, or if you can't do any occupation and your doctor supports you being off work because of that, you should absolutely apply for long-term disability. Absolutely. you got nothing to lose. And if you don't, if you get rejected, despite the fact that your doctors are saying that you are disabled from working at the present time, this is when you give me a call or email me and I'll tell you what options you have. I'm going to look at the denial letter and I'm going to see what the insurance company says. In many instances, the insurance company says that you simply have insufficient medical documents. Mm -hmm. Well, I need to see what that means. What did you give them? Did you give them a letter from your doctor explaining why you can't work? If you did that, then that is sufficient documents. There's no reason for the insurance company to deny you on that basis. So again, to this lady, I responded, from what she's describing, that she's choking and vomiting daily, and I mean, God, can you imagine coming to work like that, John? Seems to me like she should be applying for LTD if she has coverage, and it seems to me that she should be accepted, and if she's not, we will be able to help her. So that's the message out there. If you're thinking, should I go on LTD or not? Listen, if you can go to work and function, you should go to work and function and not apply. It's that simple. But if you, if you can't and your doctor supports you being off work, apply. And if you get denied, you call me or email me ASAP. Trust me, we will be able to help you.
1: It's one 855 821 900 by the way. We mentioned off the top, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is where we're going next. Disability Law Show right here, Global News Radio. The Disability Law Show. Want to reach out to Savannah or James anytime. James is uh, not on the show today, but still uh, reachable. one 855 821 Help at disabilityrights.ca uh, or just disabilityrights.ca. The website to catch past radio shows and the TV show as well. pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. <laughs> Uh, contrary to the name, this is important for uh, for your end of uh, the firm as well, right?
2: It is. It's very important, and and you know I, w- I want to make sure people understand what this is. It, it, this is this is a fairly new um, uh, uh, website we created. It's absolutely free. John, it was launched only a few months ago, and since then there have been over a hundred thousand visitors to that website who have used it. This is absolutely crazy. So what this is is. You know, many people don't want to necessarily call a lawyer if they have an employment issue or a disability issue or an, or an injury issue. Uh, they, they, they initially Google. Uh, to, to, you know, to see the, the information they can get about their situation. And you know, I've done this before with respect to medical type stuff, right? Who doesn't ask Dr. Google, you know, what's wrong with me today based on my symptoms? Same kind of thing for their legal issues. And so what we decided to do is give people an alternative because there's just so much bad information on the Internet. There's just so much bad advice and incorrect advice, and much of it comes from the states where the law is very different that we decided to create this pocket employment lawyer, this website that will allow you to get correct information, a starting point for an analysis of your specific case. uh, If you're having an employment issue, whether it's harassment, whether you've been let go from your job, uh, whether whatever, constructive dismissal, it allows you just by using that tool, clicking a few fields and, and entering information that is applicable to your case, uh, that pocket employment lawyer will generate, a, 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 let's say, an analysis of your case on, on, on a very you know, elementary level. Like it will just sure. give you just uh, some answers, initial answers that will put you on the right path to understand whether or not you have any legal recourse, whether or not you can get compensation. But just like we understand that people have those kinds of concerns with employment matters, same thing goes for disability and injury. People don't necessarily want to call a lawyer off the bat. And so that pocket employment lawyer contains at the bottom uh, a, um, a, a, a section that deals specifically with long-term disability slash injuries. And again, you can go to it and you can just click a few fields. It literally takes you seconds to do. Uh, and then the pocket employment lawyer will give you the information you need to understand whether or not you may have a case here against your insurance company. And uh, you know, John, like I said, it's been very, very successful. It's free, it's free, it's anonymous. If after getting the answers that you're looking for, you wanna contact us to take it a step further to have a more in-depth conversation about your specific case, all you gotta do is click submit and then we contact you. You don't click that button, we never, you know, Know who you are. Uh, we 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 don't contact you and nothing. So it, it's a, it's a free tool we created. It's been widely utilized. I I will tell you, John, across the country, not just in B.C. and Ontario, where we operate, and uh, it's fantastic. Employment issues, disability injury issues. Go to Pocket Employment Lawyer. Uh, and you'll get the right answers.
1: Well, it's like you've always said. There's always been huge interplay between the two practices. So it's a it's a it's a wonderful website, and, and there's no wonder it's ingrained as part of the website having the disability law part there. So uh, so you need it. So yeah, check it out. And as Savan mentioned, absolutely free of charge. And if you want to carry on and contact the uh, the fellows, no problem. It says contact us right at the top right corner in a little yellow badge. You can click that and uh, carry on. Okay, week that was. Uh, keep it going. What else you got, brother?
2: Okay, so here's another interesting question that was posted on uh, mydisabilityquestions.com, that website, and uh, this one comes from Dan in Na- uh, Napanee, okay. and, and here's what he writes. He says, hi, I've been off work since June 2018. My first year was covered by short-term disability, and now I am on my uh, LTD plan, which gives me 60% of my wage. My application for both short-term disability and long-term disability were approved without any real issues. Fantastic. So far, so good. Uh, I am off on anxiety and panic attack issues. I have 25 years of service at my company, and we have a defined pension plan Mm -hmm. that I have been contributing into the whole time. My LTD uh, insurer is also making payments into that plan for me. I know that at the two-year mark, uh, the test for LTD changes from my own job to any job. Mm -hmm. My concern is that as a non-union employee... I might be missing critical advice during my current LTD status that could assist at the end of the two-year period. I'm afraid that when the time comes, I will simply be cut off and left out to dry. Are there any options I can take to lessen that outcome?" It's a smart email. So it, It's yeah. a very smart email and yeah. you know, it gives you context for this person who's been mm-hmm. working for 25 years and now finds himself on LTD. So really, the crux of the email is, what should I watch out for as I approach the two-year mark of being a long-term disability? So again, I want to make sure people are on the same page here before we before I answer the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get LTD for the first two years, you have to demonstrate through your doctor's uh, support, supporting letters, that you cannot do your own occupation, okay? So if you are a car mechanic, you have to show that you cannot do your job as a car mechanic uh, for the first two years to get LTD. Beyond the two-year mark... You have to demonstrate that you can't do any occupation for which right. you're suited for by training, education, and experience. So maybe uh, maybe Dan can't uh, be a, uh, a mechanic, but maybe he can teach. Uh, you know the 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 the, the, the stuff that he did, that that you know he's been practicing, being a mechanic sure. in a school. I don't know something like that. My point is that the test changes. You now have to show you can't do any occupation for which you're suited for. And what you need to understand is that a lot of insurers will cut you off leading up to that two-year mark. They'll either say or take the position that they think you can do some other job, or they'll send you to one of their assessors. They'll try and do a transferable skills analysis where they try and figure out what skills you have that will allow you to do other jobs. And then they'll come back and say, well, look, we identify 10 different jobs that we think you can do. Meanwhile, you're looking at those jobs and you say to yourself, no way I can do any of these. But on the basis of that, the insurance company will cut you off. So my point is that you have to be very, um, you know, you have to do what Dan's doing here, which is be proactive. You have to make sure you provide updated medical reports from your doctors that explain why it is that you can't do any work, you know, at this point, if, if that's in fact the case. You can't do any occupation, not just yours, but any. And if they send you to an assessment, you need to be on guard because chances are that assessment, whether it's to a doctor, whether it's, it's to an occupational therapist, whoever they're going to send you to, chances are the insurance company is going to get some report that says you can do some other job and on that basis the insurer will cut you off. If any of that happens, you give me a call, you email me, John, you can give out the contact info, we will help, we will advise you. Every case is different. We've dealt with every scenario under the sun. We will be able to help you if you're in that situation.
1: You bet. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is that number. Keep it. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Same goes for the email. Real simple. Simply help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll get to your emails. Uh, Sandy, stick around. You're up next. And uh, some more, lots more. The show is on the way. The Disability Law Show right here. Global News Radio.
0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: And welcome back to the Disability Law Show. You want to reach out one 821 5900 Keep that number on you. Email us help at disabilityrights.ca. The website is simply disabilityrights.ca. There you can find past radio shows to listen to those back at your leisure and the TV show as well. We do a, we do a TV show under the same name. You can see our Handsome mugs all over the small screen anytime you like. Again, disabilityrights.ca. Sandy, your email is coming up here in just a few minutes, but you got one more issue you want to deal with, Savannah, before we, uh, we move on. So have at her, brother.
2: All right, John. Here's another one. This one comes from Mary in Oakville, and she writes, My psychiatrist just completed a medical form stating that I was unable to work at this time, and now they have sent out another form for him to complete uh, stating my disabilities. I think she's referring to her insurance company uh, providing a a follow-up request to her psychiatrist. So she, she asks, do I have to keep getting these forms completed on their tight deadline? It's difficult enough to get appointments every month, let alone every week. So... You know, again, this comes to the to the the issue or the question of uh, how much is too much when it comes to providing information and updated reports to your LTD insurer with regards to your disability. Look, insurance companies, and I've said this before, have a right to know your medical status. They have a right to updates. This is how this works. They're not just going to hand you checks. They're not just going to do direct deposit of money into your account without knowing that you still meet the criteria for disability under the policy. That said, there has to be some kind of a reasonableness standard that's applied. I typically tell people, again, this is case specific. It depends on the individual. I tell people every few months, several times a year, your doctor should provide updated reports at your request, or at the insurance company's request, to the insurance company to confirm your ongoing limitations and impairments, and why you cannot go back to to work, to your occupation or any occupation, depending on the test that you have to meet. Right. And uh, you know, in a case like this, though, with the insurance company is saying, and I've, this happened before, I think we we, we dealt with an email either. On this show or the last show, I, I, I can't remember, where where uh, a a lady was emailing me because she said that the insurance company said that you know they've sent a request to her family doctor, and if they don't get a response back within three weeks, they're going to cut her off benefits. Yeah. That's ludicrous. They can't do that. They can't do that because it's not up to the individual. The individual tries their best. And what you need to do is you need to have a conversation with your adjuster, and you need to confirm via e. That you are doing everything you can to get your doctors to provide those updates in a reasonable time frame, and and you know at the end of the day, if the insurance company cuts you off because they said that they have to get that information from your doctor in three days and your doctor hasn't given that in three days, and then they cut you off, you have a case against the insurance company. We can force the insurance company to either reinstate you or come to the table and and. Pay you what you're owed from a settlement standpoint, you know. I, I mean, insurance companies do this to exert pressure on you and on doctors. You know, one of the things that insurance companies do—it's just part of their strategy—is to exhaust the claimant. It's to shake them off claim. And in fact, I've met many people who've come to me not because they reached out to me, because a family member heard the show or saw the TV show, uh, and they reached out to me and they said, "Sivan, can you speak with my brother or my sister or my friend?" You know, they're pretty much at their wits' end. They want to give yep. up. And, and I talk to them and I explain to them why they should not give up. And I explain to them what their legal options are and how much power they really have against the insurance company. And I explain to them the psychological game that is being played here. The insurance company wants you to give up because as soon as you give up, you walk away from money that they have to pay you. And if they don't pay you that money, that money goes in their pockets. It's that simple. It's really, really simple from that standpoint. But at the same time, I feel sometimes that they're doing the same thing to doctors. The inundate doctors who are very, very busy with letters and requests, sometimes uh, you know too many of them unnecessarily so, and doctors, of course, are busy with other patients and they don't get back to these insurers, and these insurers turn around and tell the person, well, your doctor didn't give me the update when I asked for it, so I'm sorry, we have to cut you off. No, it doesn't work like that. It simply does not work like that. Unless the insurance company has a really good reason for cutting you off, a reason that's rooted in the LTD policy that gives them that right, they cannot cut you off. And if they do, you have a legal right against them. You have a right to start a legal claim against them and force them to pay you the money that you are owed. The thing is, though, is that you need to have that information. And this is where we come in. So if that's happened to you or if you're a doctor that's on the receiving end and have concerns or have questions, give me a call. It's going to cost you nothing to talk to me or to talk to a member of my team. We are very happy to give this information out. That's the reason we're doing these shows. Uh, and uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, there are a lot of lawyers out there who are not as happy that we're giving this information out because that's how they sort of rope you in to have them retain, you know, to, to you know for right. you to go and, and, and hire them. Whereas here we are, James and I, on a weekly basis, and we give all this information for free all over the place because I think knowledge is power. And if you don't have that knowledge, you don't have the power. So as soon as you know what your rights are, the insurance company can't bully you and they can't uh, you know, inflict whatever psychological damage they want to inflict on you because you understand truly where the power lies. You understand what your rights are. You understand what they can and cannot do. And once you understand that, the gig is up. Trust me, they will move on to the next person that they can do this to, but they're going to leave you alone past
1: radio shows again in the tv show DisabilityRights.ca is the website put a help at in front of it we'll reach out to emails after a short break and the phone number toll free keep it with you one the disability law show this is global news
0: radio the following is a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: This is the Disability Law Show. You want to reach out is 1-855-821-5900, If you haven't been to that uh, website, lots of good information on there, contact information as well, and a chance for you to uh, listen to past radio shows and view the TV show, the Disability Law Show, as well. As promised, Sandy, email right here says, "Um, Savannah, I fell on ice a few weeks ago and broke my right knee. I've had some issues with that knee before, but the doctors say that now because of this fall, I'm going to need a knee replacement, most likely. I'm 56, and I work in a physically demanding job. I don't know when I'll be able to go back to work. The place I fell out was outside my grocery store because of ice in the parking lot. There was a ton of ice there, and it was it was very slippery. Other people had trouble walking, too. A friend of mine took photos of the area, like you always say that you should, right after. I just want to know what I should be doing legally. I need the money for my job, and I have to uh, figure out how to survive financially until I can go back to work. Thank you, Sandy.
2: Well, Sandy, thank you very much for contacting us. I'm very sorry for for what you've gone through. Uh, And this is is important, John, because we don't just deal with long-term disability claims. We deal with injury claims, especially claims that are more severe like this one. Uh, I can't tell you how many cases I have handled uh, to completion, uh, with people who have uh, slipped and fell and, and, and broke their knees, needed surgery, uh, revision, knee replacements, uh, you know all that kind of stuff, and these are very very difficult cases because you have individuals, especially like Sandy here, you know who 's worked for a very long time fifty six years old, trust me, this injury will be with him for life so here 's what you need to know Anytime I deal with a slip and fall case, one of my first questions are what caused you to fall? And if you're dealing with an icy type of a situation, having photos, uh, like he has here from his friend are, are just a gold mine because they can tell us the state of, of the, the area where he fell. We can see if it was properly maintained or not, whether there was salt or not. Better yet, do a video. Video is, is even better than photos. Uh, and I can tell you, if I can establish, and I think in Sandy's case I can establish, that whoever owned the property was responsible for this, meaning that their standard of taking care of the area was deficient, right? And oftentimes they utilize third-party uh, winter, contractor, uh, winter maintenance contractors, and, and they have their own insurance. So if we can establish that, which in this case I think we can, the next question is damages. These are significant damages. An injury to the knee, the resultant surgery... My assessment of that for pain and suffering, again, every case is different and I would have to speak to Sandy more in depth to understand the full extent of the injury and the prognosis from his doctors, but easily, easily, we're looking at $50,000, maybe even $70,000 just for his pain and suffering. I'm not even talking about the income loss component. If you're working at a job and you're earning fifty grand a year and now because of this injury you can't make that money and you're 56 years old, and let's say you would have worked for the next 10 years. Do the math. 10 yeah. years times $50,000 is 500 grand. Now, it's Damn. not as simple calculation as that. I'm just giving an example here. right? You can have a case like Sandy's here that has a value in the uh, mid to high six figures. So, it's absolutely crucial to get immediate legal advice uh, as soon as, as you possibly can. I mean, treat, make sure that medically, you know, you get treated as soon as possible. That's really the priority. But as soon as that's done, uh, you got to contact me. I mean, I, I will be able to explain to you, my team will be able to explain to you what your rights are. And, you know, John, again, people who are listening to the show, it may not be applicable to them, but maybe they know someone who just suffered a serious injury, a car accident. Yeah. That wasn't their fault. A slip and fall. One of those things where there is a severe injury, there are severe repercussions. There are so many things that we have to talk to them about to explain all their rights. And again, we never we never pressure anyone to do anything. I know a lot of personal injury lawyers who will meet with you and they will pressure you to sign with them. You know, Don't get pressured into doing anything until you have enough time to think about what you want to do. The absolutely most important thing is to get the information you need and this is very different people who do long term disability may not know the law as it relates to slip and falls people who do slip and falls may not you know know the law as it relates to long term disability again yeah. this is something that we do we do all of these areas and in many instances they're they're intertwined because we have people who had have had serious car accidents or injuries who also have issues now with their long-term disability insurance companies, who have issues then with their employers because the employers giving them a, you know, a difficult time for not coming back to work. So we deal with those issues and we can explain those issues to you. So Sandy, my suggestion is after the show, let's get in touch with each other. I'll explain everything you need to know about your situation. Uh, it is very serious and you do need to do certain things right now, right away. Uh, in order to preserve the rights that you have and to make sure that you know the the legal case is built correctly from the outset.
1: Sandy, really appreciate you reaching out. Uh, thank you for that. You know the email address, obviously, the website, disabilityrights.ca. And uh, call Savannah as well, one is the way to go. Back to more emails here on the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. This is the Disability Law Show. If you want to reach out to uh, Savannah or James of the firm anytime, one is a toll-free number. Keep it with you at all times email is help at disabilityrights.ca. I mentioned disabilityrights.ca is a great resource to uh, find more information about uh, what we talk about here each week as well. You can listen to past radio shows and our TV show as well, the Disability Law Show on TV. You can watch that and find past episodes. There's all kinds of learning out there. And beyond that, if you want more information, mydisabilityquestions.com and something that's a little more interactive, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I know it's a lot of .coms, .cas, but Uh, You'll find them all on the website and be able to use all of this uh, information going forward for sure. That's uh, why they've built every single one of them. Jesse, your email is at next. Jesse says, uh, "Savannah James, my brother, uh, four-stage lung cancer, and he is very unwell because of all the treatments he's been receiving. He, uh, He recently traveled to the U.S. to a major cancer center for treatments, and his LTD insurer wrote him saying that he will be cut off LTD payments because he traveled out of the country, and his policy says that he's not allowed to do that, but his treating oncologist recommended that he go to the center in Texas as a last resort. What can we do? How can we stop the insurance company from cutting him off?
2: Jesse, I'm really sorry about what your brother is going through. Um, I've had somebody in my family who, uh, who who had lung cancer, so I understand how difficult that is. Um, and stage four. I mean, uh, yeah, man. Th- that's that's you know that's towards the end here 's the thing uh, John this is I, I don't even have words for how the insurance company is acting here. Uh, I think it's callous, I think it's unjustifiable, and I think uh, it's it's one of those things where you know if the media got a hold of this, uh, they would do a story on it because I think people would be outraged and I think the insurance company would immediately capitulate on this point. Look, many insurance companies do have provisions that limit your ability to travel out of the country for a variety of reasons. But in this case you are dealing with something that goes to the heart of the illness you you you, you are going uh you know he he's going for a to, to a major cancer center i mean he's trying to save his life and and his own oncologist has told him you should do this and the insurance company points to a provision in the policy that doesn't you know it, it does nothing for them here you know, it, it, it's you know, if I was a cynic, which you know sometimes I am when it comes to these policies, <laughs> yeah. the the only thing I can think of is why would the insurance company not want him to travel out of the country when they are being told that traveling to the states to that cancer center can, can't save this person's life? Well, because if this person is not alive anymore, they don't have to pay anymore. Right. Now, I don't know if that's the wow. reason why they're doing this, but. You know, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. That is insanity. Absolute insanity. I, this is one of those cases where I would suggest, uh, Jesse, that uh, we, we get in touch with each other after the show. Let me email the adjuster directly right now, and I will make sure that uh, I, I put the fear of God into them. There is, there, first, so first of all, your brother should 100% go. You know, that's not even a question. Forget about the LTD c- component here. I can deal with the LTD insurer. Your brother should do whatever he needs to do to be able to try and get better. And if that means going to the States, if that means going to Bolivia, if that means going to Africa, whatever yeah. it is, If especially when, when the treating specialist here is saying you should do this. You know, John, I, this is common sense. Yeah. I, I, I can, can just imagine what would happen... Imagine what would happen if we go to trial and a judge hears this. I mean, I think this is, again, one of those cases where the insurance company would get hit with punitive damages here. This is this is completely uncalled for. And I see scenarios not like this, but you know, with the same type of sort of callous disregard to the person's medical situation and, and medical options that the person wants to exercise just because technically the policy does not allow them to do this or that. I think that's insane. And I can't imagine a judge agreeing with the insurance company here. And I think the insurance company knows that. They understand that at the end of the day, there is going to be not just a legal lens looking at this. There's going to be a humanistic lens looking at this. So like I said, Jesse, terrible situation. I want to help immediately. So get in touch with me right after the show and, and you know, l- let me intervene right now and see if I can resolve it within, within a matter of days.
1: Let's see if we can uh, slide Nathan's email in here before we break. Nathan says, guys, my girlfriend struggles with depression and advanced arthritis. She recently stopped going to her psychologist because he moved his office further away, and she's been looking to start with another therapist. But it's been difficult to find one. Her LTD insurers said that if she doesn't resume treatments very soon, they will cut her off. They've recommended that she go to a therapist they suggested, but she didn't hear good things about that person from a friend of hers who went to that same therapist. The adjuster is pressuring her to go to that therapist and said that if she doesn't, then she will not receive her LTD benefits going forward. Number one, can they do that? And if they stop her LTD, what can she do? Please help, Nathan.
2: Nathan, um, let me approach your question from a variety of angles. So number one – an individual who's an LTD has an obligation to get treatments yep. for their condition. It's called mitigation. You have to try and get better. In fact, most LTD policies contain provision that say that you have to get reasonable treatments to qualify and continue to get LTD. Fine. I have no issue with that. It makes sense to me. Uh, in this case, she didn't just stop because she wanted to stop. She stopped because her psychologist moved his office far away. Uh if, if, you know, she can find someone, that's great, uh, the insurance company can't force you to go for treatments with somebody that they tell you to go to. But again, if they give you that option, I think it's a problem that you say, well, I can't find anyone, but I'm not going to go to whoever you recommend. So while I don't like it, when people go to treatment providers recommended by the insurance company, because again, I'm just a skeptic here and I don't think the insurance company is trying to help you. I think they want you to go to someone they recommend because that person you know, is tied to them somehow. Their loyalties are to the insurance company. So ultimately, they may report back that you're not as disabled as you really are to help the insurance company. Again, I'm not saying it happens all the time, but that's my concern. But if you have no one else you can go to I think you may need to at least try to go to this individual. And maybe that person can help you. Maybe everything you heard about that person is not necessarily all that true. Who knows? My concern, my concern is that if you get no treatments whatsoever, when they're presenting you with an option, you are handing them an excuse to cut you off benefits. That's that's my concern. Now... If you go to that doctor and then you find that that doctor is not helpful to you or doesn't treat you correctly or whatever you can tell the adjuster that and say look I'm not comfortable with that person they're not helping me they're making my situation worse in that you know scenario you you've you've done everything you could you tried you know, the option they've given you, but it's actually making your situation worse. I think at that point, you can disengage from that person. But I think it's important to understand that you need to try and get better. You have an obligation under the policy to, to get better, to seek treatments, and if you can't find those treatments in any possible way and the insurance company gives you options, I think you have an obligation to at least try those treatments. If you don't, they are gonna have, you know, they're going to have an argument. They like to have an argument that you're not even trying to go to the people that they've recommended, and at the same time you're not going to you know to anyone else. So 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 be careful of that. Um, and and so what I suggest um, it, you know is is, is that um, Nathan, your girlfriend, if she still has issues, uh, to contact me directly, and I will help her um, with, with her specific situation. Short
1: break, guys. 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca. The website to catch past shows and the TV show. That is simply disabilityrights.ca. We'll take a short break. Get right back at it. The Disability Law Show on Global News Radio.
0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: This is the Disability Law Show. Reaching out is real simple, one 821 5900 That will put you in touch with uh, Savannah or a member of the team. Go for it, halbitdisabilityrights.ca. And if you want to ask some further questions, uh, free answers about those, mydisabilityquestions.com. Laura, you are up next. Laura says, Savannah, I've been on STD, short-term disability, for six months and have applied for LTD but was denied because of, quote-unquote, insufficient medical documentation. Should I try to get another doctor? I already have a chronic pain specialist and a family doctor who wrote that I can't work because of my back issues.
2: Okay, uh, Laura, thanks for emailing us. And uh, if you already have a chronic pain specialist uh, and a family doctor, both of them wrote and explained to the insurance company that you cannot work because of your back issues, that is sufficient medical documentation. Remember you don 't have to have uh, you know fifty doctors, fifty specialists and, and people writing novels to explain your condition. You just have to have someone who's treating you explain i mean you can 't have you know something written on a paper napkin saying the person can 't work. You need to have some more meat to the report yep. but if you ha- if you have somebody or in this case, you have two doctors m d s who are writing here 's why you cannot work and they explain it. they explain your limitations, your impairments especially in relation to the type of job that you have, and the insurance company rejects your claim and denies your claim, we can help you. It's not going to be a difficult claim to resolve. I mean, these kinds of claims, John, we see all the time. This excuse of insufficient medical documents is something we see a lot. And, 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 you know, there have been situations where... It's true they've been insufficient. I mean, I've seen reports that basically don't say much. They little, you know, they're not on a paper napkin, but they're pretty much a one one liner that says this person is disabled. Well, that's not enough. Okay, the doctor has to explain to some degree, to some degree of coherence, uh, substantively why the person is unable to to go to work. Um, and, and maybe they don't want to say that they can't go back to work. Uh, maybe they can explain just what the limitations are, what the impairments are uh, in relation to the job that they have. So if, you, if your doctors have done that, the insurance company should approve you for, for LTD. And again, if they don't, we can help you. Don't, don't go through the appeal route. Don't go to another specialist or another doctor because chances are you're going to get that same response from the insurance company. In this case, John, if Laura already gave them reports from two doctors, going to a third doctor, I don't think it's going to change anything. I think it's just going to take more time. But she's probably going to waste a few months, precious months, where she needs that financial support. So you know, we can get involved right now. We can act right now. The longer you wait to take action to come to us, the longer it's going to take us to resolve the claim because we don't know about your claim, right? If I tell you it takes me six months to resolve your case... And you only come to me six months from now, well, then it's going to be a year, right? Six months until you right. get to me and then six months for me to resolve it. I'm just, you know, simple math. So no, insufficient medical documentation, in my opinion, is only applicable when literally there's the insurance company has nothing to go on and that rarely happens in my experience. Generally, people do provide documentation that's sufficient, but the insurance company is playing the odds that if they tell you that they just don't think that there is enough documents out there, that you're just going to walk away or get frustrated and just give up on your claim. Don't do that. Call me or email me or send us a question the way that Laura has.
1: Laura, nicely done. Here is that uh, phone number. I know you have the email. That's how we uh, we got a hold of you. one 821 5900 Barry, you are up next. Barry writes in and says, uh, One of my good friends was in a terrible car crash three months ago, and he was in the hospital for over a month. He was driving and got rear-ended at a red light pretty badly. He was taken to hospital and had two surgeries already. He's 34 and works as a metal sheet worker, which is a pretty hard job. He's got a wife and two little kids. I feel really bad for him. What should he be doing now? He's been approached by a few lawyers, but none of them really took time to explain anything.
2: Ah, going back to uh, lawyers not doing their job, eh, John? Yeah, exactly. So- right. Barry, first of all, you're a good friend for, for, for contacting me. And again, people out there, uh, you may not need uh, help from us or information from us, but you're listening nonetheless and you know someone who may be able to benefit from this information from our help. Please let them know. Put them in touch with us. Barry, your friend's uh, car crash, that's absolutely horrible. I mean, the injuries you're describing are very severe. I know what a metal sheet worker is. I've dealt with individuals. I've had clients that have worked in that industry. It's a construction job. It's extremely hard. Uh, very, very tough job. And uh, look, he's going to be entitled to um, accident benefits from his own insurance company or, or the automobile insurance uh, that that. You know he had uh that was covering the car uh, mm-hmm. that he was in at the time of the accident, and those kinds of benefits are are almost immediate. They include coverage for medical services like physio and and various rehab type stuff they include, they include income replacement benefits uh very, very important to understand that but you know as important is that he has a, a potentially gigantic claim against the person at fault here he can get future income losses, he can get pain and suffering damages, his family can get damages under the Family Law Act. This is a case, on its face, without seeing all of the information, John, easily in the six figures, who knows, maybe even in the seven figures. And I can tell you I've seen these cases get screwed up by lawyers who don't know what they're doing. And then it's very difficult to undo those mistakes. So Barry, Put, put your friend or their family in touch with me after the show. Let me speak with them. It's going to take us a couple of hours to go through everything. I'll give them all the information they need. This is absolutely crucial that the right steps, legal steps, are taken now as opposed to a year or two years from now. Very, very important. We can help. We will help. And to everyone out there, if you know anyone in that situation, again, put them in touch with us. It costs nothing to talk to us. It'll cost them nothing to get the, the critical legal information that they need.
1: Brilliantly done, sir. We're going to leave it there for uh, another show to reach out. Barry and everybody else, 1-855-821-5900 would be that toll-free number. The website, go there, disabilityrights.ca. Past radio shows and our TV show is available there. You can look and watch uh, watch those as well. And the email we use every week is help at disabilityrights.ca. Next time, we will catch you right here on the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.